Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right, so today we are in Deuteronomy chapter 26. I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, what I thought was kind of funny as I was working on the soap yesterday, um, I did soap with everyone here, I believe it was not last week, but the week prior, I did like two days with all, all of you. And this soap that we're doing today mirrors one of the chapters that I did two weeks ago. I thought it was, I, I'm like, isn't that just God that we're doing pretty much the same chapter again? <laughs> so I said, Lord, thank you so much for challenging me to find uh, something new from it to give. <laughs> but uh, I just believe that God has something to say to everyone today through his word. Uh, I think he always does. So let's just pray and open our hearts, open our minds, and just have the Lord really just speak to us directly. So God, thank you for each and every person that is here hungry for you. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak today, that you would open hearts and minds, that people would know and that we would know that you are the one that guides us, directs us, and that Lord, in all things, you want our first. And the first thing you want is our heart. So God, today, this morning, uh, later on, listening to this podcast, Lord, we bring you our heart. And we just ask you to speak today in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. So good. All right. Let's stretch it out. If you're, if you're sleepy, it's time to wake up. <laughs> time to uh, break the, the sleep rust off. All right. So Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse one, it says, when you enter the land, the Lord, your God is giving you as an inheritance and you take possession of it and live in it. Take some of the first of all the land's produce that you harvest from the land the Lord your God is giving you and put it in a basket. Then go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to have his name dwell. When you come before the priest who is serving at the time, say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have entered the land the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest will take the basket from you and place it before the altar of the Lord your God. You are to respond by saying in the presence of the Lord, your God, my father was a wandering Aramean. He went down to Egypt with a few people and resigned there as an alien. Then he became a great and powerful and populous nation. But the Egyptians mistreated and oppressed us and forced us to do hard labor. So we called out to the Lord and the God of our fathers and the Lord heard our cry and saw our misery, hardship and oppression. Then the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, with terrifying power and with signs and wonders. He led us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I have now brought the first of land's produce to you, Lord, have given me. You will then place the container before the Lord your God and bow down to him. You, the Levites, and the resident aliens among you will rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given you and your household. When you have finished paying all the tenth of your produce in the third year, the year of the tenth, you are to give it to the Levites, resident aliens, fatherless children, and widows, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. 
Then you will say in the presence of the Lord your God, I have taken the consecrated portion of my house. I have also given it to the Levites, resident aliens, fatherless children, and widows according to all the commands you gave me. I have not violated or forgotten your commands. I have not eaten any of it while in mourning or removed any of it while unclean or offered any of it uh, for the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God. I have done all you have commanded me. Look down from your holy dwelling from heaven. Bless your people, Israel, and the land you have given us as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. The Lord your God is commanding you this day to follow these statutes and ordinances. Follow them carefully with all your heart and all your soul. Today, you have affirmed that the Lord is your God and that you will walk in his ways, keep his statutes, commands, and ordinances, and obey him. And today, the Lord has affirmed that you are his own possession as he promised you, that you are to keep all his commands, that he will elevate you to praise, fame, and glory above all the nations he has made, and that you will be a holy people to the Lord your God, he promised. So good. Come on. Why don't you drop in the chat maybe a couple of verses that stood out to you? Um, I thought it's so good. It's like uh, covers a few different topics inside of this chapter. So I'm excited to dive into them today. So as I was reading this, you know, so much of, uh, let's say, the past few months of soaping that we've been diving into is the process of the Israelites being delivered from Egypt and coming into the promised land that God had uh, uh, promised them. And I love seeing the process that God does inside of the nation of Israel, showing us that he's in process inside of each and every one of us, right? Uh, and the first few verses, as I was just reading them, I had this flashback to a memory to when I first came to Jesus, right? Because again, like I shared, a lot of this process or a lot of what we're, we've been reading over the past few months dives directly into those early formative years when Israel becomes its own nation or Israel uh, was already a promised people, but started walking in promise, right? Just like you as a creation or mankind is a promised person from God, right? He has promised the world with you, but then you start walking inside of the promise or everlasting or abundant life here on earth. So uh, I had this flashback (laughs) when I was first reading this and it went all the way back to when I first said yes to Jesus. So the church I came to Christ in, uh, was a smaller church, you know, at, on a great Sunday, you know, it was like maybe 40, 50 people, like a great, great Sunday, you know, uh, but it was a family and they all loved each other and it was really awesome. So uh, when I came to Christ there, uh, they used to do like old school announcements. Our pastor would hop up and he would just say, and, and I love him, but he wasn't the, like, you know, the announcement guy <laughs> and he would pop up, he would say, Tuesday night is Bible study. Wednesday night is Royal Rangers and Missionettes. <laughs> and, but he was awesome. I loved it. Uh, but as he's going through announcements one Sunday, uh, he said, you know, and this Saturday we're moving Mark and Bree from their house. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So like the church actually gets together and rallies around people to help them move. I thought it was the coolest thing. I was a Christ follower. I'm talking like church, maybe a month, maybe following Jesus a month. I was brand new have me in diapers and everything. And uh, I just thought it was the coolest thing as brand new believer trying to figure this whole thing called Christianity out, that the church was rallying around people to help them move from their house to another house. 
Don't know why it was so cool to me, but it was awesome. So uh, I said, I will absolutely be there. Saturday, what time? And uh, so found out what time, showed up to the house. And when I showed up, they were uh, not only helping move the stuff out of the house, but they're helping pack up the stuff in the house. So I was a little perplexed because for me, every time I moved someone, we were just you know, picking up boxes and putting them down, you know, like you pick things up and put them down on moving day. Uh, but it turns out they're packing. I was like, all right, I guess this is what, uh, what Christians do. They help each other pack up their stuff and, and move their stuff. I was like, all right, here we go. You know, like I was, I was signed up. I'm already here. So we're packing up the plates, you know, we're putting away the kitchenware, you know, fork, spoon, knives everywhere it needed to be. And we load up on the truck and all you see is 50 people running in and out of this house full speed. You know, like it was a well-oiled machine church. Can I tell you, we packed up that house in maybe, and I mean, maybe an hour and a half and it was a whole house. And I, I thought, and my pastor at the time, he looked at me, he goes, son, this is a good lesson. Many hands make light work. <laughs> and I said, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, uh, we pack up the house, we put in the truck and I thought, okay, maybe this is the end. Maybe we're following there. So we follow him to the house. And we pull all the stuff out of the house. And, you know, as we're like kind of just pulling it, we're like laying out everywhere, you know, the kitchen boxes go to the kitchen. Now, hear me out. Anytime I've ever heard or uh, helped someone move, I helped move the boxes. I never unpacked a thing. I put the boxes where they needed to be. And then I waited for my complimentary pizza because I helped you move. <laughs> and everybody said amen because that's the cost <laughs> um so i kind of just stood there for a couple of seconds and i'm like all right pizza's on its way i wonder if they'll have pepperoni you know i start dreaming and i watch as everyone starts cutting open boxes so I i'm kind of in the middle of it just watching everyone do their thing but they're opening up the boxes and putting the plates away inside of the cabinets and they're helping them unpack their home and saying, where do you want this? Where do you want this? And just getting this stuff where it needs to be. I sat there for a second and I thought, I don't know if pizza's coming. <laughs> As everyone was hard at work putting all this stuff away. And I was like, dang, this is kind of intense. But again, I knew nothing about Christianity. I knew nothing about Jesus. I was a month into my journey and just thought, okay, they love hard here. So I'm just going to grab a box and start moving. <laughs> so uh, we're unpacking the stuff. And I mean, we unpacked the house in maybe an hour, moved them in and unpacked it in an hour. And it wasn't a small house. It was just everyone was on mission there and going in the same direction. And we get done moving everything in. And at that point, ready, I got excited because my thought was complimentary pizzas here for sure. Well, I did not see pizza get pulled out but our worship leader pulled out his guitar. <laughs> and I said, all right, I don't know if I can do this Christianity thing. <laughs> I was like, at this point, I just don't, I don't know if I can do it guys. Uh, but it was really cool. My worship leader pulled out his guitar and uh, they said, all right, we just order pizza, but we're going to spend some time. We're going to worship inside of the home and we're going to put Jesus first. And I remember sitting there and I was thinking, okay, it kind of hurts my flesh a little bit right now because all I want to do is just get my complimentary food, <laughs> right? Oh, how selfish am I, right? But they wanted to sit there and put God first. And it was such a special teaching moment because they sat there and they worshiped and worshiped their hearts out inside of this house. 
And by about song three, <laughs> the pizza arrived and they sang one more song after that. And as I was reading this passage today, uh, it reminded me of this story because what does it say? You enter into the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. You take possession of it. Take some of the first of all the land's produce, the first. Take the absolute first thing you get and give it to God. And I was reminded of moving Mark and Bree because the very first thing they did when they got their new home was say, we're going to honor God inside of this home. We are going to worship Jesus and put him first. Our flesh, right? The flesh may want to eat the food first before bringing it to the Lord, right? But what we should do is put God first. And I don't know why this core memory unlocked, <laughs> but it was so special just to, as a reminder that when God brings promise into our lives, it brings blessing into our lives. We always want him to take the first place. We always want him, to, uh, our hearts to be angled towards him because when they were entering the promised land to take possession of it, right, to live in it, the promised land was now theirs, right? Mark and Bree's home was now theirs. They got through settlement and everyone said, amen. <laughs> uh, it was, it, they owned it. It belonged to them. Yet even in the promise, God never wants us to forget him or forget who brought us, uh, yeah, brought us there. And the way he wanted them to remember him or acknowledge him was through the first fruits. Take some of the first of all the land's produce that you harvest from the land the Lord your God is giving you and put it into a basket. Then go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to have his name dwell. So when he, you find your plate yourself inside of that place, that's when you worship God with the first fruits. So the first fruits is the tithe. You know, I talked about this in uh, the last soap we did, but the tithe is the 10% of our income that we're giving to the Lord. So uh, a great way to look at the tithe is that everything we own belongs to God, right? Your car, church, your house, your time, everything you own belongs to God. And in the tithe, what God is saying is, hey, 100% of it belongs to me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you 90%, but give the 10% back to me. That 10% develops the fear of God inside of our heart, or what does that say? A reverence for God inside of our hearts. And then the 90% is where we get to say, hey, we honor God in the 90, right? And what we get to do is we get to, we get to give above and beyond. We get to use the 90 to build wealth and build an investment to see God move inside of this earth, right? Because we are blessed to give. We're blessed to be a blessing. However, the first fruit is so important that 10% that we give is so important, or excuse me, that we tithe, because there is a difference between tithing and giving, right? Offerings, because an offering is a voluntary gift that I'm giving to God, but a tithe is something required by God in order to live financially blessed. So uh, I really think this is such a great principle. And I always find it so interesting that when God was communicating to the people of Israel, he continually told them about the tithe or the first fruits because he had this principle in mind that he was imparting to his people. And Jesus talked about it in the New Testament. And it's where your treasure is, your heart will be also, right? Because like I said, we moved into Mark and Bree's house. My treasure 
was with the complimentary food on its way, <laughs> right? I'm just going to expose myself for a moment. But their treasure was in the God who got the house for them. So they said, the first thing we do in the house after we get the stuff in, we're not going to put our feet on the coffee table. We're not going to grab the bottles of water. We're not going to go in and hang out. We're going to put Jesus first and worship him. The tithe goes to him. Where your treasure will be, your heart will be also. Because following Jesus is a wholehearted thing, right? Uh, it's later on in this passage, uh, Deuteronomy 26, verse 16, where it says, follow them carefully, talk about the commands of God with all of your heart and your, all of your soul. It's really difficult to follow Jesus with a half heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is more difficult to follow him halfway than to follow him fully. Because when we follow him fully with all of our heart, there is a grace that God gives us in engaging in his presence. Sorry, church. Give me one second. I'm getting kicked out here. I'm just going to bump back. So sorry about that. Okay. So following Jesus with your whole heart is easier than following Jesus with half your heart. Because when you follow him wholeheartedly, God gives you a grace in following him. But if it's half-hearted, it's going to be half you, half flesh. And this gave me, it's kind of reminded me of something. Uh, because, we're, again, where our heart works, excuse me, where our treasure is, our heart will be also. Uh, I had this memory when I was reading this of uh, a couple of anniversaries ago. Uh, I discovered that Shannon really likes flowers. Um, I discovered she likes flowers. Uh, if, if all the men know exactly where I'm going, because I didn't give her flowers. Yeah, I know. Bad move. However, <laughs> uh, going forward, what I decided was in my calendar, I was going to calendar the first of every month that I was going to give her flowers. So once a month I buy Shannon flowers and I make sure she has beautiful flowers in the home pretty much at all times. The flowers last next to a month, usually like three weeks. And then I bring in a new bouquet. Um, so all of this came out of my whole heart not being engaged in an anniversary. I'll be honest, we were going through the motions a little bit. We we're in the middle of a busy season. Anniversary rolled around and it was last minute. Let's try and put something together and figure it out, right? Um, but it birthed something beautiful, right? So the first of every month, I get her flowers now. And I'd say probably the first like six months I brought flowers, Shannon would go out of her mind. She's like, oh, I can't believe you got me flowers. Oh, you love me. I love you. And put it out and like put it out in you know, front of everything. It's, oh, this is so beautiful. Da, 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 da. Right. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, I was always so excited because I'm like, yes, points. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know what I discovered? Uh, men, I, I know, listen, I'm probably, I might be the young guy in the chat, but just really quick, like this was wisdom. Uh, when I gave her the flowers, I always got points. But if I gave her flowers in front of other ladies, it was double points. Um, learned that one really early. So if she was in her connect group in her Bible study, and it was a women's Bible study, you better believe I would make a guest appearance with my flowers, I would pop in with my flowers, and I'll pass them over and she would make a whole scene. It's double points, just so you know, and that one's free wisdom. <laughs> um, so uh, I discovered that she loves flowers. I pass them along, right? Um, and then you, can you guess what happened? Uh, I'm human. <laughs> Not to start making mistakes, uh, excuses. I'm human. Uh, I started forgetting, right? Uh, I did really great. Six months, first every month, brought her flowers. Uh, at the end of them, uh, or maybe six months, seven months, eight months, um, 
started forgetting to bring her the flowers. First, the month would roll around. It would go right out of my mind. Uh, I even had it in my calendar. I would see it. I was like, oh, I have to do this. Put it on a to-do list. It would never get done. Um, after a while, uh, I'd say probably three months, Shannon looked at me and said, hey, got a question for you. And I kind of looked at her because I knew it was coming. She said, hey, why'd the flower stop? And I was like, oh, I've just been so busy. And she's like, yeah, you know, listen, I know it's not about, she's like, honestly, the flowers aren't about me. It's just about putting our marriage first. You know, it's about recognizing and remembering that like this thing that we call marriage comes before work, comes before friendships, comes before every, right? Of course, God is first, but our marriage is important to us. And just that simple little act communicates that the marriage is important to you. And I had this realization that I was forgetting to put my priorities in line, right? Right here, God is commanding the Israelites to keep the priorities in line. The uh, the tithe, God stays first. And they're to remember, right? To keep inside of their mind, keep inside of their heart that Jesus is first and where they came from, right? Because in verses five through 10, God tells them when they take this first fruit, they're to bring it before the presence of God and they're to recite something. So they were to read this exact thing and share this openly with the Levite priest in front of them and the presence of God. And I think it's really a beautiful little saying because what's it say? My father was a wandering Aramean. This is in reference to Jacob and both Abraham. Uh, he went down to Egypt with a few people and resided there as an alien. There he became a great and powerful and populous nation. But the Egyptians mistreated and oppressed us and forced us to do hard labor. So we called out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our cry, saw our misery, hardship, and oppression. Then the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong and outstretched arm, with terrifying power and with signs and wonders. He led us to this place, gave us this land, a land flowing milk and honey. I have now brought the first of the land's produce that you, Lord, have given me, right? So they're supposed to bring the very first. And as they do that, they recite this or remember where they came from. Why? Because to respect where they were going or where God had brought them, they were to remember where they came from. The Israelites avidly complained and rebelled against God in the wilderness, right? We've been diving into this journey the past few months of the Israelites wandering through the wilderness, finding their way home, finding their way to the promised land. And in that journey, they continually rebelled. Why were they rebelling? Because they forgot where God brought them from. Or I should really say forgot what he did for them. Because avidly they would say, oh, it was better when we were in slavery. Oh, I can't believe it. All we've been eating is manna from heaven. And I, when I read that, all I want to do is play the world's smallest violin. I was, I'm so sorry that the Lord is raining food. <laughs> I'm so, I feel so bad, you know, where they're like, oh, I'm so sick of manna. Can't we have some meat? And then the Lord sent quail, right? And honestly, that's the goodness and mercy of God. But the issue was they forgot what God did for them. What they were remembering was, uh, uh, let's say, the familiarity of, of slavery. And they said, hey, we want to go back to that old mentality, go back to that old way. You see, to respect where we're going, we have to remember where we come from. It's important to remember where God has brought us as individuals from. Uh, because when we remember, like, hey, this is the sin that God brought me from. This was the destitution that he pulled me out of, right? He really pulled me out of the muck and miry clay. 
and set my feet upon a rock. And when we remember that, we start remembering, hey, my God has more for me. And I'm not going to settle where I'm at right now and camp up in the wilderness when the promised land is on the horizon, right? He wanted us to remember what he did for us because everyone has a story and the best story is your story. So it's important that number one, we give God our first. Number two, we remember where we came from. Remember the story that God has written inside of your heart. And then verse 12, I thought this was really interesting. Right after we get done paying the tithe, Right after we get done paying the tithe, it says, when you finish paying all the 10th of your produce in the third year, the year of the 10th, you are to give it to the Levites, resident priests, fatherless children, and widows so that they may eat and be satisfied. So right here, what God is commanding them to do is rather than taking the tithe to uh, the storehouse, what he was saying is, hey, take that tithe and give it to these people groups. So Uh, And there's a few different ways of actually looking at this. Some biblical scholars believe that this was either an instead of or an addition to. So some biblical scholars believe that rather than bringing that tithe in the third year to the storehouse, they were to take that tithe and distribute it. But some scholars also believe that they were to give this in addition to the tithe to the storehouse. So the idea was 10, your 10% would go to uh, the temple, to the offering before God, but then an additional 10% would go to the needy inside of the community. So these are just two different like wrestled mindsets. Um, depending on biblical scholars' bends, they might believe either way. Uh, I don't really negate either or hold any bias towards either, but I just kind of want to bring that to you guys. Um, so I think the heart behind the text is the best part, though. Because what God's communicating to us is that he can, uh, cares for those in need. So the Levites of the day, right, they were the priests of the day, the pastors of the day. The resident aliens, those would be foreigners that were coming to rest with the Israelites inside of their land. So uh, I, I think something that's so beautiful is that evangelism was on the heart of God even back in Deuteronomy, Right. Because he had a chosen nation that he picked out, yet inside of the written law, inside of the heart of God, was that people would be a part of that nation. Uh, They were not, let's say, pure blood in the sense of they weren't Jews by heart or Israelites by birth. However, they were still allowed to take up residency with the people of God. So what it tells me is God's heart is bigger than just one small little group. His heart was so much bigger that so many people come to know him. So the resident aliens and fatherless children, right? What are these? These are orphans and widows. So during this time period, uh, you know, widows or women really didn't work. So they needed caring for, right? Because the, the guy, he would get up, he would go work, he would use his trade, he'd use his whatever and get to work, <laughs> right? Uh, but the widow wouldn't have any form of getting an income. So the idea was this tithe or this offering would be taken, given and dispersed amongst them so they'd be able to live for the other two years, right? So be given on the third year. So the other two years, they would live off of the supply that was just given to them. I think it's a beautiful thing because it, again, it communicates the heart of God that God cares for those in need. It reminded me of what it says in James chapter two, uh, 14 through 17. It says, what good is it Dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, that hurts. 
can that kind of faith save anyone? And that's talking about, of course, other people. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, (laughs) stay warm and eat well, (laughs) but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Wow. That's kind of a heavy one. But I think it's also it's challenging, but also communicates God's heart so well. Because what does it say? Uh, what's this verse 15? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, but what you say to them, right? Okay, I'm going to challenge us a little bit today. Hey, uh, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I'll be praying for you. And then let's be honest with ourselves. We don't pray for them, right? Can we, can we just take honesty hour for a second? You know, it's like, hey, I'll pray for you, but then we don't put it on our prayer list, right? We 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 are not remembering at all. It's like the the hug in the church lobby, and I'll pray for you, uh, but Lord knows that <laughs> we just lied to their face, right? And everybody said, "Amen," because we are so human, um, and that's a part of life, right? It's it's kind of this whole ideal, but what God is communicating is one step further. He's saying, "Hey, you see a brother sister with no food or no clothing? Don't say, hey, be well.'" Like, I hope it goes well for you. Don't just say, hey, I'll be praying for you and send them on their way. You know, the idea is we want to step up, take ownership and responsibility and care for people. This is really what Jesus was diving into. uh, Where You know, well, yeah, what Jesus was diving into in this passage is, hey, there are people in need around you inside of your own community, in your own backyard. And in those people, we want you to go ahead and find a way to bless them. Right. And God created the system here. And then in the New Testament, his uh, system is, hey, look for the orphans, look for the poor, look for the widows, look for those around you who need some sort, right, some sort of assistance and then fill that gap. Because I like, <laughs> I, I like what James says here in this challenge. What good does it do? When you say goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, hope you find a meal. But then don't do anything. What good does that do? What good does it actually do? And I think it's great because we've been created for good works, right? Ephesians 2.10, uh, for we are his workmanships, uh, workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So the good works that God prepared in advance for us, right, is seen even right here in Deuteronomy 26. Helping the Levites, resident aliens, fatherless children, and widows, stepping up to the plate. And saying, hey, I'm going to take ownership of the people around me. You see, God was engaging the Israelites in this area because he didn't just want them to be spiritual consumers, but spiritual contributors. He didn't just want them consuming the blessing constantly, eating the fruit of the vine over and over again, and never being a contributor to the people around them. And I think that's something that's challenging in our own lives too, right, church? Because we want to be spiritual contributors everywhere we go. And I just kind of want to ask you a question as we get ready to close today. Uh, In our areas that we find ourselves in, our circles of influence inside of the church, you know, where are we contributing and where are we just consuming? You know, because I can think of a few, even in my own life, where I walk into a room and I think, yeah, I'm really more of a consumer when I walk into that room than a contributor. And I want to tell you something. It's good to consume, but God has also called us to contribute, right? Because I can think of Sunday mornings alone when we come to church. We can come into church and very easily be a spiritual consumer 
And God is so good that he gives his word as right. The bread of life for us every, every Sunday morning. Uh, but in partnership with that, we really want to be a contributor when walking on Sunday mornings, right? Because that's why we have this principle, sit one, serve one. So I kind of want to challenge you. What team are you on right now? You know, where am I contributing back inside of the household of faith? And where am I contributing inside of my community to plug in and see what this verse says, right? Because here, God is talking about helping the poor, helping those in need, serving in areas and diving into areas that we need to dive into. So what team are you on? How are you contributing to the community and the church around you? And we can do that through, uh, honestly, quite a few different ways, you know, uh, I listened to a series from Pastor Brennan a while back, and it was about uh, time, treasure, and talent. And I think that's so, so, so relevant, right? Giving our time, you know, and giving our talent. When we hop on a team and serve, and listen, it, I know so many of us, you know, we might be thinking like, well, I don't even know what my talents are to be able to serve in the household of faith. Um, listen, uh, there is an awesome greeting team at the church. Would love to see you holding a sign. <laughs> right. would love to see you welcoming people into the household of faith. Right. And your talent might be a big smile and the gift of hospitality. And you say, come on in. Right. Widows and orphans come on in. Right. Come on. Like fatherless nation. Come on. The uh, resident alien. Come on in. Right. Because we want to see people engage with a God who loves them. And that comes from giving of our time, our treasure, and our talent, right? So just to kind of recap from today. So uh, putting first things first, right? The Israelites were to get to the promised land. And the first, the very first thing they were supposed to do after moving in was to bring the first fruit, the tithe. Because where our treasure is, our heart will also be, right? Second thing is God did not want them to forget where they came from, right? Don't be like me and forget the flowers, <laughs> right? Remember where you came from. Remember what God has done in your life. Remember your testimony. Remember the story that God has written on the scroll of your life. And number three, God cares for those in need. So we have to as well, right? The orphans, the widows, come on, the Levites, the priests, the resident aliens. We want to step up to the plate and care for them in supernatural ways because we serve a supernatural God. And everybody said, amen. All right, come on, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for each and every person on this call today. Lord, I just pray that you would bless them abundantly. That, Lord, you would uh, really engage us today inside of your word. That we would, if we are not, that we would step up in giving our first. That we would step up in acknowledging that where our treasure is, our heart will be. And we have to tie the treasure. We have to give the treasure to show you and to show ourselves that you are first inside of our lives. And God, I just pray uh, anyone who is listening right now, that if they have not yet jumped or taken uh, the leap to becoming a contributor, God, I just pray you would give them a grace and a boldness to do that. And Lord, I just pray you would show them what team to hop on, uh, what, what on-ramping area they should be diving into. And Lord, we just thank you that you are going to make supernatural paths in front of us today. You're going to open up doors and make divine appointments so that people can come to know your love. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. So listen, just to follow up at the end here, 
there are so many incredible teams to hop on, uh, hop on to your fusion church. So if you're looking to become a contributor to dive into all that God is doing here in South Jersey through fusion church, there are so many places everywhere from, uh, like I said, greeting ushering, uh, we have kids ministry. They have an incredible team night tonight, uh, an equip night. I know that pastor Sean would be so open. If you are a first timer interested in kids hopping onto that, of course, we always have youth. Please, I would love, love, love to see you at youth. Uh, if you want to hop, uh, <laughs> you and I could have a conversation quick about hopping onto the youth team. We'd love to see you there. New here, next steps. Uh, and if you're maybe just wondering, like, I just don't even know where to get into, hear me. Heart for the House is this Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. It is such a great place to be a spiritual contributor and to give back to God through just practical ways, right? So that's going to be just a uh, four-hour thing, few-hour thing. Be sure, come, be a contributor inside of the household of God. Amen. All right, everybody, you have a great week. God bless you. And I hope you have an awesome, awesome Wednesday. Bye.